to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing really well. You know, I thought of something the other day I was going to share and it just went out of my brain. <laughs> you forgot. So, yeah, it was something exciting and now I can't think of what it was. Oh, I need to know something I'll, exciting I'll about Sherry's life. Later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we are moving Will into his new place as soon as we get off this podcast today. So that's exciting. He's spreading his wings and going to live on his own again. That is exciting. Good. Yeah, because he's been with us since December. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it sticks. Because <laughs> yeah, we had some rental properties in Augusta plus our main house, and we sold those. It all just fell into place, just boom, boom, boom. Like we weren't even trying to sell one kind of, and it just fell into place. So we sold all the rental properties, and we're buying a new investment property here. And Will's going to take care of it for us, so we shall see. And eventually we'll rent it out, I'm sure, to someone else, but I don't know. We might have Will there for a long time. So it's kind of <laughs> like moving out, but not quite, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Will's still finding himself. My son it's is true. still finding himself at his dad's house as well, and they're the same age. And they're the same age, right? And he still lives with his dad. And has no desire to leave. I mean, I, he'd be there at 30 still if his dad and stepmom let him stay there, I think. Well, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> I'm like, fly away, fly away. His his friend <laughs> living in their basement for a long time. I haven't asked whether or not Chad is still in the basement or not. I don't know. That's hilarious. In, in exchange for lawn care. <laughs> okay. Well, that yeah. works. Yeah. So... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so today's kind of a fun day. I texted Jen earlier. Four years ago today was the first day Jen and I met in person. Wow. At Cocoa Beach, Florida. I just can't believe it. Yeah. I just can't imagine four years. That was today. Yeah. Four years ago. To, I mean, it seems like it's been a lot longer. It does. Especially when you think of everything we've done since then. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And we've taken several trips. Yeah. Left Facebook. Before we even met in person, I had already asked you if we could be roommates on the second cruise. Yep. I've never even met you in person. And I'm like, will you room with me on the second cruise? Is that weird? Because I've never met you. <laughs> <laughs> you just know when you're going to click, right? Yeah. It's been fun. It has been fun. But yeah, I was like, four years? Is that all? But yeah. I, it really feels it. like longer. Well, happy friend anniversary. Is that like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we call it? Yeah. Love it. Well, today I have a good news segment from Ansley. 
And she wrote a letter to Janet at the Regions Bank drive-thru in Gardendale, Alabama. And she said, Janet, you are the best. I drove up and basically shushed you before you could say a word. I had a sleeping kid in the back seat. You mouthed words and used hand gestures to help me keep said kid asleep. No, really, God bless you. And you got me out of there ASAP. You are a gift with sincerest gratitude, Ansley. And I just thought that was so nice. Every mama knows. Yeah, that's (laughs) huge. Don't wake the sleeping child. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Although I'm having a moment to envy because I never once had a child who slept in the car. Never. My kids on the rare occasion might doze off, but I'm telling you the minute the car stopped, they were wide awake. I never had those kids where you could like get them out sleepy and move them to bed or you ever no. see those kids that are asleep in the grocery cart slumped over? Yeah. I'm mine like, never slept what? in public. My, my no. college roommate, Melissa, that we had our kids at the same time. Cal and her daughter, Madeline, are four months apart. And so we did a lot together. Even though she lives in Virginia, I lived in the Atlanta area at the time. But we got together a couple times a year, really. And her daughter was one of those sleepers. If we were going to go out shopping, she would put her in the stroller. She would immediately fall asleep and be asleep the whole time in the store. Whereas Cal was in his stroller trying to climb out of the stroller and grab everything (laughs) and climb up the shelves and screaming, screaming. (laughs) And we'd go to a restaurant and she would be asleep and Cal would be crying. And And secretly you're like, what do you give your kid? How do you do Exactly. How do you do it? (laughs) And then you, then we each had our second child, and then we realized, you know, I'm sure she was thinking what you know what a great mother she was because her child just yeah. did everything, and then she had her second child who was not as compliant. The opposite. So, yeah. yes, yes, she was not as compliant at all. So then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have been judging. So. <laughs> yeah, neither of my kids were sleepers. So my daughter was probably three and a half before she ever slept through the night. Then my son. He just was not a sleeper either. That kid would get up at like 1 30 or 2 in the morning and start playing with toys in his room. And he'd be like, I'm done. I'm like, no, you're not done. It's night night time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had to have a conversation about street lights. If the street lights are on, you have to get back in bed. <laughs> so we had that. You can look at books quietly, but you can't turn the lights on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Will would wander the house. Oh, just do yeah. whatever. <laughs> Well, (laughs) listeners, we need your good news stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring the podcast. And this week, I want to talk about Branch Basics. You know, this is such a simple line of products. It starts with a concentrate that you mix with water and the bottles, different amounts of water, depending on the different product. But I can't believe how great they actually work. When we moved, we had a big estate sale slash moving sale that I've talked about before. And the funniest part is, you know, we were like, well, what should we throw away? And the ladies told us that 
they even sell like half-used bottles of cleaning products or, you know, half-used whatever. And we're like, okay then. So I, when it was time to pack up and move, I only packed up what I really wanted to take. And I, I did have some cleaning products that didn't make the cut, but the Branch Basics absolutely made the cut. And I left everything else behind. And I wanted to tell a story. Do your cats or you have dogs, do your dogs ever throw up like dog food? Occasionally, occasionally, not often, not like cats do. Well, cats do. And Ellie's a thrower upper. And the other day she threw up on the living room rug, which is blue and white. And it left that orange cat food stain behind. So anybody who's ever had a cat or a cat owners all know what I mean by that. So I took a little branch basics concentrate and let it soak in and also some of that oxygen boost powder. And I, you know, wet it and let it sit and then I scrubbed it with a little scrubber, and the stain came right out. Like, I've used heavy-duty carpet cleaner stuff that didn't get the stain out as well as this Branch Basics did. Yeah, I have. I just brought in this toy. Anybody who has dogs, they're Wubba's. Kong makes them. And they're like, I don't know, canvasy fabric over this big squeaker. And they have these tentacles, and the dogs love them. Well, my dogs had one outside, and I found it in, like, in a bush. <laughs> and I was like, what is this doing? And I pulled it out of the bush. And when I pulled it out of the bush, Lulu, the puppy, saw it and went crazy for it. And I'm like, you cannot have this. It's filthy. It's gross. It was like muddy. And I just took it into the kitchen sink and I sprayed it down with all purpose spray and just let it soak. And like I rinsed it out. It's clean. It's like new again. And it was like muddy gross. (laughs) So I'm really (laughs) impressed with it. I am too. And you know, I've tried a lot of things and Branch Basics really did make the cut. So you can go to jenstevens.com slash Branch Basics to learn more. And if you use the promo code CLEANISH at checkout, that's C-L-E-A-N-I-S-H, CLEANISH, you'll get a special savings on starter kits. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we are joined by Shari Franklin, wife, mother of five, and author of her new book, Here's What I Need You to Know. Essays on Marriage, Motherhood, and the Mundane. Inspired by life's daily antics, Shari seeks to share her wisdom and knowledge with other women in the hopes of acknowledging and inspiring them. Through humor, honesty, and solidarity, her collection of stories is meant to make you laugh and maybe shed the occasional tear as you relate to and reminisce with her writing. And after reading just a few chapters of her new book and loving her writing style, Jen and I both knew we needed to chat with her today on the podcast. So we are so glad to have you here with us today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, before we get into your background and your story, what is the lesson you hope to share with our listeners today? I would say my lesson is probably a little bit twofold. The first part being it's never too late to pick a goal and accomplish something. I didn't start writing this book till. I was 48. So I think that being able to know you can set a goal at any point in life. And the the main goal and life lesson of the book would be for women to kind of link arms together and realize we're all kind of dealing with the same things, maybe in a little different order, but we're all dealing with the same types of things. I love that because I think we're worried that behind closed doors, our life's all messed up while everybody else is perfect. Absolutely. Like our kids are the only ones who ever got arrested Mm -hmm. or wrecked their car. Exactly. (laughs) Had a problem. That is exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's huge. One of your little essays in the book, I think it was called Scars. Mm -hmm. And you talk about 
you know, seeing this woman who you thought was this picture of perfection until you looked closer and realized that she was not. And you talked about the fact that, you know, that we need to recognize that we all have scars and that what you see isn't really what is happening behind closed doors. That, you know, we are all so much more similar and flawed and hurt and traumatized way more than we put out there. Yes. And that's 100%. The, when I wrote that particular chapter, I remember being very candid, but I remember being very ashamed that I felt what I felt when I saw that. But at the same time, that's the whole point of my writing this book is to say, here's the truth of how I've felt in some of these things, because the truth for me might also be the truth for someone else. And it makes us feel a lot more unified to be able to say, oh, okay, I don't have to wear so much shame for that because I've I felt that also. So that's definitely one of the main goals there. Yeah. I loved your honesty in your writing. You didn't hide at all. You just put it out there. I definitely am who I am. And um, I will say I am very proud to say that the people that know me in my real life will say that the person on those pages is who I am in my real life. I have made decisions I'm not proud of. I have done things I'm not proud of but I have chosen to not wear that as a cloak of shame and to use what I've been through to be able to link arms, like I said, with other women and say, it's okay to come out and say, this is how I feel about this, you know, or I've been there, I've done that, you know, especially being someone who's in her fifties to women who are a lot younger and just starting this journey. Um, I've heard from women who have already started reading the book. And I will say to the new mamas, like, there's some chapters you can skip now. You're going to, I'm hoping it becomes more like a resource. Right. Come back to it later because some of it will not apply, but it will at some point. So, um, yeah, that's, I'm super proud of being able to say not in a prideful way, but being able to say that's really me on those pages. Like that's, that's who I am. That's my writing style too. I can't <laughs> write in any other way. I, t- I tried to write a novel one time and I was like, novelists are Me totally too. I different. tried that one time too. I couldn't even keep my own plot straight. Oh Yeah. I was like, I could write a children's fiction, historical fiction, the kind I used to love to read. And I started writing. I'm like, this is crazy. I can't write this. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've done the same thing. I, I've tried, I do have a, a novel book that my oldest daughter, she's an English major. And we have sort of talked about a, a a point of view story that I would like to do. But yeah, I tried to do novel writing. It is not for me. I have decided that the fiction world is too hard for me. I just rather would live in my reality because I know what that is. That's truth. I know what that is. So I can do that. So what led you to write this book? I started a blog years ago, you know, when that was the thing. And I guess through in the last probably seven or eight years, I started making some Facebook posts that got a lot of feedback from people. And I would get told on a regular basis, like, you should put all those together in a book. And that was just not, it felt very, I don't know the right word, but like self-promoting. So I was like, I don't really want to be that person. Husbands hate when I tell this, but my husband, when I was pregnant with our oldest, who is about to turn 26, so 27 years ago, started celebrating what we call Mother's Week, what he called Mother's Week. So the Monday before Mother's Day, that whole entire week, I get a gift every day for the whole Aww. week. And it's it's been incredible. And what's great now is that the five kids are almost all grown. They each have taken a day. So they have their own day. So on this particular year, six or seven years ago, my oldest daughter 
had taken some of these Facebook posts and she had printed them and she put them in a notebook in a little clear plastic sleeves and gave it to me as her gift. And she was like, we really want you to make a book, but if you won't work, this is as close as we're going to (laughs) come. We made you one, mama. We made you one, yes. (laughs) So I started pondering that. And like I said, I got a lot of public feedback, but I got a lot of private feedback from girls. We had been youth pastors for years. So from girls who had been through our youth ministry, who were now adults, raising their own children and their own families, who said, this spoke to me, this spoke to me, this spoke to me. And I started to think, you know, if there is a gift that you've been given and it is doing something for the benefit of people, you should use it. Right. So I thought, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to not, I'm going to try to not do it in this self-promoting way, but do it in a way that really could just be very transparent and hopefully very helpful. And so I just, um, I took that little notebook and I started, uh, unfortunately, I'm a very not technologically savvy. So I literally wrote this 95% of this book on the notes app on my phone. That's um, so funny. Because I just, Jen writes when, that way. Uh, <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night if I'm writing something and I'll have words in my head, yes, or in the shower. Yes. Now the phone's water resistant, so I can take it in the shower with me and write stuff if I have to. But I would wake up in the middle of the night with like a chapter in my head and I would pull out that notes app. I wouldn't say 95%, but Mine was a lot of some of my, my good stuff. I didn't out. even know how to when that when I got to the point of actually writing the book and she's like, okay, we're going to need you to send us like you have to send it in to be published so they can look at it and see. And I was like, I honestly have, I don't even know what those words mean. Like I have teenagers. (laughs) We had to gather the troops of the teenagers. And if y'all could come in and everyone could show mom how to turn on the computer and how to get word and how I had no idea. My computer was too old for word. My daughter traded me um, (laughs) for a computer. We could put it on. And then I was like, when they took it and then they sent it back, it had this like split screen and you have to edit oh, here. This yeah. is the, this is the clean copy. And then yes. it's no all idea. freaking out. Like you're going to ruin it and lose everything. Yeah. That computer. I literally touch for nothing else except I'm so afraid I'm going to hit one button and delete everything. <laughs> I, I know it's impossible. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's my, that's my reality. You can't tell me any differently. So yeah, it just became like this kind of like a project of love where I decided like these girls that I loved as teenagers, I now love as young women and they are starting to raise families. And there are so many things that I wish I had known as I was going. And the number one thing being, this is normal. This is normal. So that's, you know, kind of been my purpose and my push behind it. And again, it doesn't mean you're failing just because you're having struggles because everyone has struggles behind those closed doors. And I would say, honestly, the exact opposite. If you're doing the same struggles as others, you're probably succeeding wonderfully because you're right in the middle of what you're supposed to be doing. So one of the things that we talked about when I wanted to start the podcast and I told Jen is like, you go through school and you're taught like, you know, your basic education and how to graduate high school, right? How to test, how to take tests, right? how to excel at being a student. And, you know, in college, you take a lot of classes that prepare you for your career. Nobody teaches you how to live. Like, absolutely. <laughs> they don't teach true. you how to figure out how to be a wife and how to be a mom and how to be a friend and, you know, how to protect yourself from toxic people. and. So what you really did was you took this collection of your personal experiences, you turned them into a book, and really what you did was you gave a, it's a gift. 
you gave a gift. It's funny that you say that when we started designing the cover of the book, I knew exactly what I wanted. It's the complete polar opposite of what the cover of the book actually looks like. I wanted a black cover. I wanted the words written down the left-hand side. This is what I wanted. I had, it's been in my head the, since I started the book. This is what I want. So when it came time to do the cover, Mindy at the publisher, she was like, Shari, I really don't think that's what you want. And I was like, no, I, I'm 100% certain that's what I want. Can you just show me that? She said, okay. So <laughs> she showed it to me. And then she said, here's what I think you need. Here's what I need you to know about this. She said, this book, and that's what the word she used. She said, this book is a gift. This is more like a gift for women throughout this whole course of time of motherhood and all that you're going to want when they pass it on a shelf, you're going to want it to look that way. And so I was so grateful for her feedback. And yeah, that's, I've heard from quite a few women say, you know, I'm getting it for baby shower gifts. and, And I'm so appreciative of that because I really want it to be a tool a helpful tool, like a resource. That's really what I would love for it to become. So what is your favorite chapter? My absolute favorite chapter is the one that was probably the biggest catalyst. It's a story about going on a trip to the beach. My family's a big beach family. We have always loved, my kids are, I was raised, I would dare say very poor. My kids were not raised poor, but we vacation in a way that is very realistic. And so we were on a trip to Edisto one year and um, we love Edisto. You know, it's I love it. It's a beautiful beach. Isn't it gorgeous? It's like the beach used to be. It's still like that. You've got your one little grocery store. Is that the beach where you locked your keys in the car, Jen? Yes, that's the one. (laughs) We came from Aiken and locked our keys in the car. Uh, That was Edisto. Yeah. (laughs) I can think of a worse worse place to be stuck, I guess. But we didn't have it. We weren't staying there. We just drove down for the day. Oh, goodness. Our sunscreen was packed in the car. We, We made it, though. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is a family beach. It's just wonderful. And uh, yeah, so we had gone there um, for a vacation. I think we must have just had our three youngest. Our, our I don't recall our two oldest being there. After some point in time, you don't you stop counting the numbers of people surrounding you. And you just <laughs> make sure everyone's still alive. So we had gone to the beach. We had been there probably almost the better part of the entire week already. And my husband, as long as he and my son could be surf fishing they, and staying busy, they were content. So they were surf fishing and my husband had made, still to this day, I call him his beach boyfriend. He met this guy and they every day (laughs) fished together and talked together. And every night I would say, Oh, you see your beach boyfriend today. And he was like, that's not funny, but it was, it you know, man, they don't, they don't make friends the same way we do. So the fact that he had found this camaraderie with someone was wonderful. And there were two other kids on the beach that I noticed. Now, you know, the thing about Edisto is it's houses and way spread out. So you're going to have the same families come every day. So my son was playing with this little boy that had come and my daughters were playing with his little, his little sister. And it was the same kids every day. They were playing together. And I had finally reached this stage in my life as a mom (laughs) where I could read a book and I was sitting in my chair reading a book. And I, I noticed the kid, you know, this is going to sound terrible. I was paying attention to my children. My husband was also, but I also was there at the age where I could still kind of read a sentence or two. And so we had been through this basically the whole week and I'm pretty sure it was our last day there. And I just happened to notice the mother of these children. Now I'm ashamed to say the whole week I did not notice her. And so I was standing up at one point with the book in my hand, standing, talking to her and the children didn't catch her name, anything. We were just chatting as people do when they're just standing there. And she made a comment to me. She's like, I can't wait until my kids are at the age where I can read a book. 
while they're playing at the beach. And I was like, oh yeah, it's wonderful. So I went, we chat a little more and I went back to my chair and I was pondering like the whole rest of the evening, what she had said, just kind of mulling it over and pondering. And what I realized that she didn't realize is when, when we were having conversation on the beach, we were talking about, we hope the kids aren't bored. Do they have enough snacks? Do they have enough sunscreen on? Have we been out here too long? You know, all the things that moms mull over. And in her head, this was all the stuff she was thinking. And she just saw me sitting there reading a book. But what I knew was well, I was basically rereading the same sentence or two over and over and thinking all the same things about my own children. Did they have on enough sunscreen? Were they bored? Did they have enough snacks? And I realized we're in such different stages of our life, but we are still pondering the same thoughts about our children and the same just mothering that just never seems to stop. And after we went home, I didn't catch her name. Like I said, my husband had gotten his name and I made a post about it on Facebook and I did not know this woman and she found it and she reposted it. And she reached out to me and said, that was me on the beach. And every year when that story comes up in her memories, she reposts it again. And uh, her name is Brittany. I know that now. And we have, I've spoken to her via Facebook. I don't think we've seen each other in real life since then. My husband has actually, I believe, met up with the beach boyfriend a time <laughs> or two to go hunting or something. But um, yeah, so I, I would say that story is probably to me the epitome of what I wanted people to know. Like we are in, I can look at almost 51, like I've done my part and I don't have anything to contribute. And someone can look at 20. My, my oldest daughter, we are expecting our first grandbaby oh, in December and I'm um, super excited. And she's, you know, 23 years old and people can look at her and say, you have nothing to contribute because you have no experience. And what I would say is if we marry those two things together, we have all the tools we need from the time, the experience I've had in the newness of things, we can use that information together. And so that's that, that I would say that's probably the story that when I think about the book, that is probably my fondest memory in there is the one about the beach. Yeah. Not to mention, I just love the beach anyway. Well, yeah, the beach is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we really are all connected. Yes. And it seems simplistic to say it, but I, we're all living parallel lives. Absolutely. We really are. I mean, the day-to-day differences are there, but when it comes to life, we're we're all doing the same thing, thinking the same thoughts, having the same worries. We are. And I think that because we don't do them in the same order, we tend to think that we're not all dealing with the same things. But the number of times that someone has said, I had no idea you had been through that or that well, that's why we need each other. And yes, we might go out of order. And my experiences with rebellion in a child might be at the teenage years and yours might have been at the toddler. Or all those years. Or all the years (laughs) in between. But we all have experienced so much of the same things. So um, I think just being able to reach out to each other and say, you know, this is, this is what I've learned. What can you, you know, what, tell me what you've learned. And I'm, I'm, so I'm trying to teach my own children too. Everyone has something to offer. Everyone really truly does have something to offer. If you're just willing to listen, everybody has something to offer. Well, the one that made me laugh, I love how you've titled your chapters. They're all like about and then a topic. But the one that makes me laugh so hard is about the FAFSA. 
Yeah. Oh, that's probably a lot of listeners are like, I don't even know what word Jen just said about the FAFSA. (laughs) But let me just tell you, once you understand what the FAFSA is, you know what the FAFSA is, Sherry, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I'm going to not even go lie. When my son told me he wasn't going to go to college, I was like, Yes, Thank I God know. I don't have to, have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, oh, you know, you in every bit of that is the truth. Like you might as well just write your passwords down and set them on fire because nothing's going to, oh, it's just every time I would feel like sweat beating up on my forehead and, you know, a little <laughs> hyperventilating and, okay, we're going to, all I'm going to do is log in, but it doesn't matter. It feels so overwhelming. Well, and it was always, you always felt like you're doing it wrong. And for people who don't know, the Absolutely. FAFSA is this governmental paperwork that you must do for your child to go to college. And I was like, I don't have to do that because, I mean, I was a teacher. My husband was a college professor. We were not making a lot of money, but I knew we made enough that we would qualify for zero. <laughs> Right. right. We just still have to do it. And just I'm like, for them to tell you. we're paying for everything ourselves. They're like, sorry, you got to do it. I'm like, no, but they're like, you got to. They do. And even <laughs> like, yes, even though they're going to send you that letter that says your family should be able to contribute $89,000 this year to the I know, like, well, like, like well, 100% so- <laughs> of how much you earned is going to go to college and we're going to give you zero. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was, um, and you know, we, we have two of our children that have already graduated from college. Our third just graduated from high school and he He's going to Clemson University in the fall. And you would think by now I would be a I would be competent at doing that. One would think. But I it still unnerves me every single time. I'm still afraid. And you know, it asked you at the beginning, like, are you signing on as the parent or the and you know, I have all these notes on my phone. Right. So I'm having to and you can't put the passwords on your phone. You can't just put them there. You have to disguise them enough that if someone were to find them, they couldn't use it all. <laughs> but you also have to be able to remember what it all is right. when you glance at it. I so still it's like in both my boys' contact information because I need to get it out of there. But I have little contacts for each of them. I have FAFSA passwords for each. Yes, of them. still <laughs> the notes of their contact information. It might as well be written in cuneiform at some point. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just tattoo it on them. Yeah, that's the truth. If you mess it up, then you have to redo it. And what I always, the part in there that always makes me laugh is, you know, it'll try the password, wrong password, try the password, wrong password. So you reset your password. And then as soon as you reset it, it says you can't use the previous password. Well, I felt like I tried that one three times. (laughs) Like, I don't understand how (laughs) it's always every time, every time. And I still have two more kids who are going to graduate, and I have to do oh, this again. I'm sorry. Still, oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Somebody should run for president on the platform of no more FAFSA. No more FAFSA. If you don't want us to give you any money, you don't have to do the FAFSA. If you know you're not going to get any. <laughs> the other thing that drives me crazy is when people say FAFSA, which is what 99% of the people call oh, it is a FAFSA. FAFSA. But there's nothing fast about it whatsoever, so it's definitely <laughs> not working. But That's so funny. Yeah. I, um, I did. That, that is... Again, honest truth in there because if you've ever done it, you you know you've probably gone through all those same steps. Yeah. More than once. I really liked your chapter on college. And it was one of those uh-huh moments when I was reading it. Last week, a woman from our community that I've known from our various communities for a couple of years now, she posted that her daughter had graduated from high school and she was leaving Nevada and moving to Utah to take a summer job. And then she was going to go to cosmetology school there this fall. And she basically was like, took a picture of her daughter driving away. And she was like, this is it. I don't know what to do. I'm at a loss. Like, and, you know, wished her daughter well. And I said, you know, don't worry. 
because your daughter's still going to call you. And what I have learned about my son is they call you when they're sad, they're happy, they quit a job, they got a new job, something exciting has happened in their life, or they're sick. They still call mom every time. If my son calls me, I'm like, oh, what's going on in his life? And it's always something. And usually I'm like, oh, gosh, I bet he's hurt again. And 90% of the time, that's true. And my son lives in Denver and I live in Alabama. So it's always, that's hard on the mama heart when your son's, you know, 1500 miles away and injured or sick. But, and that's what I told her was like, they will call and your relationship is going to change. They still need you, but now you're their friend. And that's really kind of what you wrote. They don't come home the same way. They do not come home the same way. And I think for most moms, especially if it's the first time, that is a terrifying thought. But if we can just reassure them that they don't come home the same way, but it is a better version of the person that left. And they do, they do still call when, when it matters, when the, you know, and that means so much to us, you know, having five children and I don't, I haven't accounted for every moment because it's like, Oh, there's more behind them. Oh, there's more. And now that we're down to the third one going to college, there's a finite number now to the time that is left with people at our home. And so now it's a lot more real. So a lot of my own words, I'm like, okay, reminding myself, they do come back. They come back differently, but they do come back. I used to love when my oldest child went to college, he just went to Winthrop. So we lived in Rock Hill. So he was you know, 30 minutes from us. Um, but I used to love going over um, once a week and doing laundry with him and just it became such a thing for us. And I've, a lot of moms were like, oh, I don't want to do their laundry. You know what? That It was nothing about the physical act of doing the laundry. It was really just being there for him. I did not know until later he was really dealing with some very intense things when he lived on campus. Things that came out roommate-wise that once we, we said, you know, how about you come back home and move back home with us? And he needed that time. He needed that once a week connection to say, you got it. You got this for another week. You can get through this. We would go eat lunch. We would do his laundry. And it was just, it's like that old country song about something about um, he thought we were just fishing. And it's just so much more than that. But yes, they come home. They come home in a whole different way. But um, it's it's still good for mama's heart. Like it, it really does us good. Yeah. Well, tell us about what your wife wants for Christmas. Oh, goodness. She wants all the things, all the things. <laughs> That's um, one of the chapters, everybody, in case you It's funny. Know. When I wrote that chapter, I, and I think I even said at the end of it, you know, I will say this. If you've ever written a book, when you finally get to the point that it is printed between the pages, you really don't ever want to read it again. You're right. You've read it. You have read it so many times that the thought of opening those pages again is like, I can't even bear it. And then you'll so, find something you risk you just said different. Um, and you're like, yes. So sometimes I have to recall like what was that, what was in there. But um, I do remember saying something in there about like ladies, the chances are he's not even the one reading this, print it out, put it somewhere. Yeah. he, uh, Your wife wants her car cleaned out. She definitely <laughs> wants that done, you know, <laughs> dig in all the crevices and she wants her nails done. Not the top, not just the bottom. Let's do them all. Let's get the whole feet and hands together. Um, yeah. I just try to be very practical with that and say, let's, um, Let's just be realistic about the probably the stuff she's not going to say because her mind is thinking about her children and you. And so 
if if I could just go ahead and give you this list, it would make life a lot easier. Just shop from the list. Here's the here's the things. <laughs> Everyone could probably find something on there. Two things to never buy your wife for Christmas unless she specifically asks for it, and that's appliances or also um, true, exercise yes. equipment. <laughs> Yes, that is exactly right. Unless she picks those out herself and brings them home and unloads them at the house on her own because she's super strong like that, then yes, (laughs) do not do that. That is, yeah. Oh, no, I did that a few weeks ago. I know. I remember hearing about that. I found that. That is exactly how I would have been also, though. At that point, it's a mission. I'm going right? to make this thing happen. I was like, this I'm getting this now. elliptical in this house before he gets home. You think I can't? Watch yeah. me. Right? I'll show you. And I won't even have any sweat on my brow by the time you get here. Yeah. Even if it like crushed you halfway in, you're going to be faking that you're fine. fine. Yeah. I include a little bit in there for the men. When you talked about the way the chapters are written, I was, you know, when you write a book, there are rules I did not know. I did not know there's like the Chicago manual of whatever, whatever that there's, there's guidelines and things you can't do. But I was very, very, very intentional with the way the chapters were written. I wanted it to be, um, you didn't have to read it in chronological order. You, you could go, you could pick it up, read a segment here, find what applied to you. And you didn't have to remember some plot in your head. It just really was whatever spoke to you at that point in your life. And that, that is the, Not that they tried to change that, but that's the one thing I really stuck my ground on. Because to me, that's the best, I hate to say selling point of the book, but moms are busy, women are busy. And I wanted people to be able to just say, I've got five minutes in the carpool line. I can read one little story. And I can look down the table of contents and say, well, I don't need to know anything about graduation right now or an empty nest. But I do have the book fair coming up. I was up, just <laughs> eyeballing that book fair chapter. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, admit, I did not get that far in the book. The part I read, I loved, but I didn't get to the book fair chapter, but you know, I was a teacher for 28 years. Yes, absolutely. So I'd love to know what you said about the book fair. <laughs> did you talk about how they didn't actually buy any books, but they came home with all the little pointer they hands do, and all the posters? trinkets and Yes, all the trinkets and things. They come home with all this junk and you're like, it was the book fair. Where's your book? They're like, look, I got a pointer hand and you can point it at things. And I got a poster, a poster of Ninja of a Turtles. <laughs> Very true. And yes. a pencil topper. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just want to keep it very real. Like I said, it is. I am who I am. And I feel like I wanted to give women permission to take the mask off. Let's just be who we are. And um, yeah, that, that was, that's what I loved writing the funny stuff too. And I, I will say this, I, I enjoyed the fact that when I did some of the times I did have to reread it over and over again, I did make my own self laugh sometimes. And I thought, okay, that's, that's pretty good. You I did a good job there. Make yourself laugh. So that was nice. So I did not get to the end of the book, but I'm dying to know, talk to us about mother-in-laws. Oh, this is a very, 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 this is a very chapter that is very endearing to my heart. I had the world's best mother-in-law. Oh, I'm glad to hear Absolutely that. Absolutely. She was amazing. She was amazing. It sounds and like you lost her. We did. It's been about four and a half years. I'm or sorry. Four years. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful woman. And the way that I start that story is about our differences mm-hmm. and the, the reasons why our relationship should not have worked. But then I turn it around to be why it was such a beautiful relationship. And and when losing her, I realized how she did not shove herself upon me and did not shove her beliefs upon me. And now as a mother-in-law, and two of my children are married, so I try really hard to use those same lessons to kind of mind my own business and stay out of things 
unless I'm asked, you know, it's, I have found it to be relatively easy to be honest, but maybe it's because my kids ask me about everything anyway. (laughs) So maybe that's why, but yes, it, it could be perceived when you first probably start reading it as this isn't going to, and as a matter of fact, when I wrote it originally as a Facebook post, my husband only has one sibling and it was a long time before. I don't know that she ever really like responded in words, but it was a long time before she even like thumbs up or heart or anything. And I thought, oh, I have hurt her feelings. And that oh. was certainly not my intention. I know now that that is not true. Um, I really wrote it as a piece to honor her because she was such an incredible woman. And I have learned so much about how to be a good mother-in-law from her example. She was absolutely wonderful. So yeah, I, I hope that people can kind of apply the lessons in there to their relationships too. And it's never too late to, to fix it and make it better. You know, we can just do our, we can only do our part, but right. still. Right. Yeah. That's why I asked. Cause I knew that you were a mother-in-law now. And if that changed, yes. it, it absolutely that cha- did. If that changes because things. It really does. Um, I think that now I can see maybe there were times when I was raising our children and she was involved. She was so involved. Now she might drive up two hours for the day to go to a baseball game and dinner and drive right back. But she was so intentional with her time when she was there. There was nothing more important than spending time with those kids when she was there. And so I have learned, and we, of course, we don't have grandkids yet, but even just being intentional with my kids when we're there visiting their families, try really hard to push other things to the side and let them feel important. Let, let them feel the focus. Cause I know being a, a newlywed and newly married, you've got your own bills, you've got your own everything and it is very overwhelming. So yeah, she, she taught me a lot and it definitely did have, has had a great impact on the type of mother-in-law that I, that I strive to be. I can't even say I'm anywhere near what she was, but I'm definitely, that's my, well, give it time. So I'm working got time on it. to learn. <laughs> yep. Once those grandkids start to come along, it's just happening. I've already told my own kids, like, they're, I just need you to know your kids are going to have better than you did. Like, that's just reality. That's what we expect, right? That's how it is. Yes. (laughs) What did your kids think about the book? Have they all read it? I can't say they've all read it. They have all read portions of it. For Mother's Week this year, their big gift to me was they had taken the book and they had each chosen a chapter that applied to them and written a handwritten note in it to me and put a picture of them with them themselves or us together in it. And um, I have it sitting on my dresser and as proud as I am of myself for taking on such a task, their pride in me is that wins it all. I don't care if we sell another copy. The fact that they are so proud of that work makes me feel so good because it's hard to be transparent. You know, it's not, there's not a lot of tell-alls in there necessarily, but they've lived in our home. They know the reality of the thing, the ups and downs. And so um, their ability to look at that work and say, I am proud of you, that means the world to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited that they can look at it as, you know, because I was, you know, I'm, when you click send and that thing's gone and you know it is, it's coming out between covers and you don't know how people are going to respond. You're and right. when you write a novel and it's fiction and you just made it all up, it doesn't matter. But when it's truth and it's life, then it's like, oh, it's kind of like just here, come into our home and look around. So um, their pride in me and their ability to say, good job, we are super proud is that means everything it really does. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it does. So do you have any more books in you or is this the one? You know, I've been 
I am upgrading to writing on a computer at this point in time now. So I don't necessarily (laughs) just lose everything. I have a working title of here's what I wish I had known because there are some things that I do wish that I had known. But I am a writer that does not write on a schedule. I only write, and I think I say that at the beginning of the book, I only write when I'll have an idea or a thought and I'll make a note. And then some point in time, usually, like you said, in the middle of the night, I will sit up and start click, click, clicking away because I was like, oh, there's the inspiration for what that is supposed to be. Right. And um, and so I just, I'm going to collect those build up and collect and see what we, you know, what we what becomes of it, but I would love to do it again. It, it was so good for my heart and my spirit to be able to say, you know, there's been things I've been through that have really made me feel like an utter failure um, as a wife and as a mother. And now I can look and say, I used that to the best of my ability as a way to help others. And that's, that was my only goal here along. So if that, if that goal arises again, and I get to do that again, I would be thrilled to be able to do it again. So, well, I'm glad because it is a lot. But again, you know, like childbirth, I mean, you did that five times. Even though it was hard, writing a book is very much like that. And then you're like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) True. Did you you do an audio book? Did you have to read it? I have not. I've had several people ask. I have not done that yet. You know, I, I will be completely honest and tell you that I, my husband was a pastor for years and my kids have what they call his preacher voice and it drives them nuts. So, I, my one goal during this, for this podcast was I don't want to sound like I have a different voice than my real life voice. So I started recording TikToks that were actually me speaking so I could go back and listen and be like, oh, that's what it's. So I don't know that anybody would want to listen to my actual voice reading the book, but I do have friends who have said, when I read it, I hear your voice in my head. It has to be you. So, you have I guess to do so. it. No one's going to read it like you. You do have a great voice. Do not <laughs> well, let them. Like I actually put it in my my contract for my books that I get to read my own. Book. That's awesome. Because I don't want to say awesome. you know they might not use you. Like I know several writers they had to audition. Oh wow! And well, and one of them like she didn't get it. I mean, she, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be terrible. You're not good enough to be you. Sorry, you can't be. You read your book, oh, but goodness. you know, a lot of people know my voice from the podcast. So I think it would have been weird if I hadn't read my own. Book I do agree. Yes, I do. In agree. my voice, although I did get that email. If you heard me talking about that, I got an email from somebody. They like searched me out and said, um, "I don't like your southern accent. <laughs> you should not have read your own book." And what was funny is when I thought I wasn't going to be able to because COVID and I couldn't go record it. I had to record it at home, but they were trying to find someone who would read it. And they were like, well, find someone who's a Southerner. So I'm like, well, you were going to get Southern anyway. Right, exactly. So it might as well be the authentic me. me. (laughs) I will do my best should should that opportunity arise to be able to do it. Well, see if you can make it happen. People like to listen. I bet you'd be great just from listening to you. I can tell. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. I, I'm a good reader, so I could definitely read it out to people. So uh, we shall see. We'll see what unfolds. <laughs> well, you've got to do it. Well, it's been so nice to to chat with you today. How can people find you or find your book? Well, it is available on Amazon currently. Here's what I need you to know, or you can look it under my name, Shari Franklin. We are working currently on getting it. If you live in Little Old Clover, it's available at the Southern Willow on Maine, little marketplace. We have it in there, but it is on barnesandnoble.com also. So we're working on getting in some actual storefronts. And boy, that's a process. It so, is um, hard. It is hard. You, I got to yeah. know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. So um, like I said, my goal was never 
the size of this. My goal was where it would touch the heart. And so I've just kind of left that in God's hands. Like wherever you're going to take it, that's where you're going to take it. And nobody's going to be able to stop that. And there's nothing I want to do to shove it through the doors of people. So I would say if you order it and you read it and you love it, buy it for everyone you know, every woman you know, and uh, (laughs) recommend it to them. So well, I'll put some links in show notes. And um, are you active on social media? How can people find you on social media? On Facebook, just under my regular name. On Instagram and TikTok, I'm at Busy Mother of Five. So that's where you can find me. So uh, that is that is the reality of my life, even though some of them have moved on. they are. If anyone tells you that when your kids grow up and move away, they stop needing you, that is false information. That's true. <laughs> they do still need you. So <laughs> yeah. um, that's where I can be found. Well, thank you so much, Shari. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to invite you to the Life Lessons VIP community on Circle. Not only can you interact with Jen and me in a private online community, you can connect with other listeners and community members as well. Each month, I am hosting monthly Zoom hangouts where we can connect and talk. And in fact, we are doing one tonight. Tonight. I'm so excited. I kind of try to move them around because we have people all over the world. We have somebody in Australia. She's like, I think 11 hours off or 13 hours off from me. Yeah, she's 12 hours off from me. Yeah, so I'm doing one on a Friday night. So it'll be Saturday morning there. So she, um, she's coming from the future. Yes. <laughs> That's always so weird to contemplate. I know. So it's still Friday here. What happened? Well, <laughs> since yesterday. <laughs> So there we just kind of hang out and talk and chat and uh, get to know each other. And the last one we did was a lot of fun. Uh, You can join us in the new VIP community by going to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP. And there you'll choose a monthly membership contribution of either $4.99 or $9.99 per month. And you can change to a different tier at the end of any month. Just you can manage your own subscription within the platform. We want you to choose an option that feels like a right value to you. For those who truly get value from the podcast each week, we would hope that you'd be willing to choose a higher package in order to help support the work we do on the podcast and the costs associated with it. And each week I see a new face pop in and it makes me really excited and I'm, I'm having fun getting to know everybody. So now it's time for our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. And today's listener-led lesson comes from Tiffany in Omaha. It's a life hack. And Tiffany says, I like to get up early and complete my workout before I go to work. I live about 35 miles from where I work, so I found a women's gym close to my office where I can shower after my workout and head to the office. I was commenting to my husband that I needed to find something to put my jewelry in to transport safely every morning so I wouldn't lose anything. Three days later, he handed me a small 4 by 65 inch double-sided tackle box. I can't imagine the look on my face, but I said, what's this? He explained that he was in the local hardware store and saw this small tackle box and immediately thought, oh, she could use this for her jewelry. So he bought it for me. Unbelievable and probably the most thoughtful gift he's given me. It's double-sided with 13 separate compartments so I can put a necklace in one area, drape the chain across other compartments and close the lid without the necklace getting tangled. The lids snap closed tightly to hold everything in their compartments and the brand he got me was Plano. I also use it when we travel and it works great. That's a great idea because traveling with jewelry is tricky. Yeah. 
That's a great tip. I used to sell jewelry and I used very something very similar to transport it in. Awesome. Well, that is a really good tip. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And today's quote comes from Vivi. The quote is from James A. Garfield, and it's, if wrinkles must be written on our brows, let them not be written upon the heart. The spirit should never grow old. She wrote, I grew up thinking that getting older each year was a punishment or something to fear. My mother was very vain, and she valued her youth and beauty above all else. Perhaps it was because my stepfather left her in her 40th year for a much younger woman, or perhaps she was always that way. That was the year I turned 10, and the first time I realized that I was growing up, and one day I would be an aging woman too. I am now 40, my mother 70. My mother has spent the last three decades bitter about being an aging woman, and each year she has grown more and more bitter. The sad thing is, is that she was a beautiful woman who sadly couldn't see it. She could still be a beautiful woman, but the years of anger and bitterness have taken their toll on her health and looks. Her spirit turned old at the young age of 40. When I turned 30, I remember thinking, great, I have 10 good years left. When I told my husband that, he laughed. He asked me what I was talking about. And when I explained it to him, he said, do you know what is beautiful about a 40-year-old woman? She knows what she wants. She's confident and she has lived. For the last 10 years, I have focused on being confident and chasing my dreams, not chasing youth and beauty. And I have never been happier. I love that. I mean, I'm sad for her mom because that's really sad. But I mean, we see we do see that people who are like, I got these wrinkles. How can I make them disappear? And I'm like, don't make them disappear. They're your wrinkles. <laughs> well, and pretty soon you, your whole life becomes fixated on your age and what you look like mm-hmm. and not living mm-hmm. life and enjoying life. Well, I see my face is going to look like my grandmama Calhoun's face. She had this wrinkly paper white skin. And mine's not as papery white as hers was, but I can see the shape of my jaws already starting to look like hers. To become and like I hers. Thought, yeah, I thought her face was beautiful when I was a little girl. That was just the way her face looked. And she never complained about her face or talked about her wrinkles. And, you know, our bodies are going to do what they do. Mm-hmm. We should just let yeah. them do it. I mean, that doesn't mean we're not going to put on some lotion here and there. I mean, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Still going to use my beauty counter lotion, but I'm Do not what going you to- can, but don't, don't get fixated on it. And don't forget to live. A book that was on Oprah back in, I don't know, the early 90s. Nora Ephraim, I think is how she uh-huh. said her name. And it was called, I Feel Bad About My Neck. And that just stuck <laughs> with me. That was the title of her book, I Feel Bad About My Neck. And it was about aging. And I like, paid it. And that is, you know, our neck. That is where it starts to show up. I'm like, I get it, Nora. I get it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I look at older women in their 60s and 70s now and... I just see beauty and experience right. and wisdom. Yeah. So me too. We're, we're harder, way harder on ourselves than anybody ever is towards us. That is true. You're right with that. So that was that was a powerful thing to think about right there. So thank you for sharing that with us, Vivi. So listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to join us in the Life Lessons VIP community. Go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to become a VIP podcast supporter for either $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Your support ensures that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. It just automatically downloads every Wednesday. Um, We would also love for you to leave us a five-star review on Spotify or on iTunes with Apple. That helps us to reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.